0: Aldous Huxley was an English writer and philosopher. He wrote nearly fifty books. And here's his quote about history that men do not learn very much from the lessons of history is the most important of all the lessons of history. Welcome to the History Slices Podcast a mother-son duo discussing awesome bits of history we prove on every show that history is not boring entertaining yet stimulating this is history slices and now here's your hosts jacob and rachel hello
1: and thank you for joining us i'm rachel
0: and
2: i'm jacob
1: and Jacob, this is episode thirteen of our podcast. Can you please remind me what we're talking about today?
2: <laughs> uh, before we get into the the main the main meat of the episode, I first wanna give a quick shout out. People who've listened to our show for a while would know that we recently got a new I don't know what you call it intro them. and In- intro. yeah, intro and outro. I just want to give a quick shout out to your imaging guy on Fiverr. I think his name is Keith. Cause you sold me this and I was like, Oh wow. My mind was blown. And I just wanted to like give like a quick thank you to him. Yeah, he
1: did a fabulous job. We're not didn't sponsored he? by wanted to plug him. <laughs> the, the really <laughs> crummy thing is, is that his uh, intro and outro sounds so professional and uh, we're still learning the whole sound editing here for it's us. It's all good. Don't so worry. So the rest of it, um, That's part there's of the a little charm, bit of a jolt. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that, Jacob. That sounds good. So, um, uh, listeners, we really appreciate you. We thank you for listening and uh, playing along with us and, yeah. uh, as we have our fun little history discussions. Mm-hmm. So
2: today. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're talking about my favorite artist. Maybe you've heard of him. Vincent Van Gogh.
1: I have heard of Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah. Uh,
2: he. Uh,
1: I don't know much about him, though. That's Just fair. I'll be very upfront about he that. He did
2: um, Starry Night is like one of his more famous okay. ones. He, he's done like a lot of self-portraits, stuff like that paintings of like fields of Flowers and huh. haystacks and okay. yeah. Okay,
1: what I the one factoid I think I know about Van Gogh that I associate with him is somehow he lost his ear.
2: Yeah, well <laughs> that's kind of what people know about him. So first of all, we're American, so in American English his name is Van Gogh, and British English is Van Gogh I don't. No kidding. Yeah, I don't know which is the correct English version. Yeah. I don't know if it matters. Maybe
1: it's not a correct one. So
2: I'm just, because we're American, I thought well I'll just go with Van Gogh.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, we'll stick um, with that. <laughs>
2: Uh, but in case we have any British listeners tuning in, they're like, who's this? It's like that, <laughs> We're talking about Van Gogh. Anyways, so he was born March 30th,
1: 1853. 1853, March
2: 30th. That's your your sister's birthday. Is it? Wow. Yeah. Not quite well, the year, though. different century. Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm going to make an attempt. A lot of these names are duts because he was duts. So some of the pronunciation is a little shaky, and I apologize for that. But he was born in a village named Gutzundut. I think is how you say oh, okay. it. Okay,
1: well, I'm going to uh, let you go with that because I have no
2: idea. <laughs> Which, of course, is in the Netherlands. His parents, he had a minister father. He actually had a minister grandfather as well. Um, but as far as name Theodorus von Goth. his mother was an amateur artist named Anna Cornelia Carbentus, if I've that right. Now, Vincent, from the get-go, he had some... some uh issues because his parents had a son before him, but he was unfortunately stillborn. Mm. And when Vincent came along, they reused the name Vincent for him as well, mm. which I've heard has happened a yeah. couple of times. I'm not sure
1: what the reasoning is behind that, but I have heard that mm-hmm. too, that they, I don't want to say recycle names, but that they re-gift names. Reuse. I don't know. Yeah, yeah they reuse it them. It might have just
2: been they liked the name or attached to it. Could have been.
1: We don't mm-hmm. know the motivation.
2: Now, Anna, uh, Vincent's mom, we don't know for sure, but a lot of her, um, traits, you know, that we know about lines up as someone who suffers from depression. We don't know if she actually did or not, but she wasn't very, I don't think she, well, I mean, I don't want to be overly speculative or anything, (laughs) but, uh, in her mind, like the dead Vincent was perfect, and oh, l- anyone else couldn't compare. Yeah. So that led to her comparing Vincent, the living Vincent, unfavorably to his oh, brother. Oh gosh,
1: so he could never measure up in his yeah. mom's eyes. And
2: also, it was at a time where they lived close to the graveyard or whatever, so Vincent would see his name on the gravestone every time they. Oh my
1: gosh, that's a little unsettling.
2: Visit. Right. Yeah. It would be. Um. It would. It, it kind of, I think, well, I mean, I don't know if that messed him up, but it was one of those scenes that probably didn't do his mental health any favors. Oh, my
1: gosh.
2: Um, Okay. Now, he wasn't an only kid, though. They had a couple more children after Vincent, two sons and three daughters. Oh,
1: so they had quite a big family.
2: Yeah, yeah. However, Anna wasn't really particularly affectionate with any of them. Oh. But what he did do for them was because he was an amateur artist, I was into that stuff. So he got them all sketchbooks. I was like, hey, go sketch, you know, go go do the scene I'm interested in. Uh, That's
1: interesting because I'm starting to think about nature versus nurture already and how just knowing that he ends up becoming an, a known artist, mm-hmm. um, like how much of that was in him and how much of that was because he was introduced to a sketchbook early on. That's really interesting. Anyway, just that was just a little side note.
2: Yeah, no, I mean that's an interesting point to make. I honestly don't know one way or the other, um, but I do know he really took to it. Like he loves sketching bugs and plants and stuff like that. He like take bugs back home to like sketch. You know, <laughs> Great, like yeah. he was just, he was into that stuff. Now, money was a bit of a theme. Uh, you know, it was like a, like an issue with them. I don't know if it was the a
1: lack of money. Yeah.
2: I don't know if it was a, t- no, they had too much. Yeah. It was <laughs> a lack of money. I don't know if it was a time thing or a class thing or whatever, regardless him and his younger brother, Theo, or, huh. uh, you know, who was. One of the brothers I mentioned earlier. Okay, was he
1: do you know if was he immediately younger or does it matter? Oh, I don't know. I don't when think it, it matters didn't you say that his dad's name was Theo something? Theodorus. Theodorus. Yeah. So that's interesting though that the oldest son didn't get the father's name. Mm. Just a, another side note. Just yeah, I know. No, I
2: know. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm trying think not
1: to distract you too is much. Is
2: this they just reuse names or yeah, <laughs> they I have no, less of a well, pool just, to pull from or I whatever. just wonder
1: maybe Vincent was named after her dad or something it doesn't matter yeah i I was just just curious that theo is not the firstborn son so anyway okay so his brother theo yeah
2: and vincent himself they got taken out of school early on because they needed some money so they uh set up an apprenticeship uh with an art dealer uncle of theirs who worked for the form Goopol and C.
1: okay (laughs) i don't know if
2: that's the correct pronunciation yeah it sounds like something you would eat yeah i know it sounds like uh like a back cream or something. Yeah. but um, I'm sort of very professional and very established and all that. Anyways, so this is, at this point in his life, this is where he picked up a lot of his knowledge of art stuff because it's like an art firm kind of a thing. That makes sense. Um, he also learned some languages around this time, including mm. German, English, and French.
1: Wow. Because,
2: uh, of course, he was Dutch. So. Yeah.
1: yeah, they do tend to learn a lot of languages over there, but mm-hmm. to not be in school and be learning this, he must have just... Been you know, bright, people, yeah. yeah.
2: Or it was just one of those things where people had better memories in the past. I know that. I don't, <know> about <laughs> that. Know, I don't think we have
1: morphed it that fast, but maybe I don't know. Yeah.
2: Um So he completed set of Princip. That was all, you know, well and done. So he was transferred to a London branch of the firm. But he he enjoyed his time in London. He liked the city a lot, and he liked the um where he was staying a lot. Because uh, what happened was he. End up in a boarding house owned by a widow by the name of Sarah Ursula Lawyer. She also had a daughter that was like a year younger than him. Mm. He was 20, she was 19. Daughter's named Eugene, I think. I don't know.
1: Eugenia? Eugenia? Something like that. Might be a female version of that name. Yeah.
2: Anyways, he helped with like gardening and all her chores and stuff to kind of help earn his keep while he was there. Hmm. As an aside, I should say, we have a lot of his letters, which is how we know a lot of, like, the finer details of his story. Oh, that's um, really helpful. So yeah. So instead of
1: having to speculate too much or wonder what happened, we can actually Yeah,
2: just in case anyone's curious, because like, I realize it's like, how, you know, he was enjoyed the city. It's like, yeah. well, because he said so in his letter to uh, Theo. That's once.
1: really, oh, so are most of his letters to Theo?
2: Yeah, well, and I think some other family members, but okay. I think a lot of them were. He was close with Theo. Okay. Um, We'll get more into that later. Okay. Theo's still like back, you know, in like the Netherlands or whatever at this point. But despite all that, the next kind of important event of his life happened here. And we're not entirely sure what happened. Basically, he fell in love with one of the women. We don't know which one. Uh, oh. It makes sense that he fell in love with a daughter because they're close in AIDS. But some people have also speculated that he might have fallen in love with the widow hmm. who was older, of course. Hmm. Regardless, he proposed to the one he was in love with. They said no because they were already engaged to someone else, which, again, makes me think it's the daughter, but, you know, who knows. And he raised a bit of a, a fuss and got kicked out he got barred from the boarding house oh no yeah
1: that raised a bit of a fuss i wonder if that was a um a euphemism for like, no like no it wasn't he uh, just was it like a vi- something violent i don't or? think it was
2: violent i think he just had a like a outburst an, an argument I, we don't know the severity of the argument oh, okay. but it was it was enough to get him banned basically It also didn't help that around this time he also got fired from his job at the firm because what happened was, and I don't know why, he started telling people not to buy the artwork. (laughs) Oh no. Which is literally the opposite of his job. Oh Uh, no. So I don't know. I don't know what prompted that. I don't know if it was related or not. I guess we could, yeah, we could guess
1: a few things like, okay, so maybe one, he was telling them to buy or not to buy it because he was in a bad mood and yeah. didn't want anybody to be happy. Two, he sincerely didn't like the art. And is possible. Was trying to tell them, steer them away from it. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. We don't know the why for that. We but don't unfortunately, that. That he lost a his position. Yeah. yeah,
2: but regardless, he was understandably fired. Yes, <laughs> like, oh gosh. That's fair, I feel like. Um, so
1: a couple crushing blows, probably.
2: Yeah, yeah. After he lost kind of that whole... That whole debacle, uh, he decided, well, if I can't be an artist, maybe I'll be a minister, because he was very religious, and he was, relais- he was raised in a very religious household, because, of course, his father was a minister, his grandfather was a minister.
1: It seemed a lot like, uh, you know, what you go back to what you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, I guess this is kind of the family business, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, you know— and he really wanted to, like, he read his Bible every day. You know, he was very into that. And he wanted to kind of preach to the poor. So so he
1: he had a heart for other people if he, he wants did. to preach to the poor. Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: he did. He wanted to spread the word. There's like a lawn... I don't know how one becomes a minister. <laughs> um, I was doing research on it and it was very confusing to me, which I don't know if that was probably more my problem than anything else.
1: It might not be the most straightforward career path. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. He really had to know. take
2: like a Latin based exam and he got mm-hmm. accepted into like a minister school or whatever. You know, like it was a whole no, thing.
1: A Latin based exam for somebody who exited school early,
2: but who also taught himself a lot of Latin based languages. Yeah, um, that's really
1: amazing. Yeah. So yeah,
2: I don't know. Regardless, he got the job or at least a job to preach to people. I don't know if he was like an official minister or not, but he was affiliated and he volunteered. This is at like 1878 at this point around then he volunteered to go to brussels which had a lot of coal mining towns Uh, with uh this was a bit unpopular at the time because there were some pretty poor kind of slummy areas and a lot of yeah a lot of ministers and church people didn't want to have that image associated with their religion you know which i know seems kind of hypocritical but I don't know all the details, so I don't want to like prejudge too yeah, much.
1: that's really interesting, though.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but of course, Vincent Van Gogh, he wanted to priest of these people. These are like the type of, is like my people. I want a priest of them. They sort of go, okay, all right. They gave him my house. Uh, the church did. Um, but he gave it away to a local woman who couldn't work due to being ill. Uh, so <laughs> and was basically homeless at that point. So he's like, okay, you can have my house. Um, a very
1: selfless act.
2: Yeah. Right. He uh. Obviously, he needed a place to stay, to stay, so he kind of, he went to one of the sacks that was used for coal mining, no furniture, um, nothing like that, so he was all, like, had a blanket in the ground, basically. Mm. The the local people, they loved him. They thought he was great. I imagine.
1: I mean, he basically made himself relatable, one yeah. Of them. yeah, Yeah,
2: they actually nicknamed him the Christ of the Coal Mines, because oh, he kept preaching gosh. to them, and he was like this Candace. Kind of I don't want to call him a bum, but you know what I mean? He was like.
1: Yeah, that's really nice, though, that he brought happiness to dude. other people, and. Uh, Mm And other people liked him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The church, however, fired him. (laughs) because <laughs> they didn't like the image he was putting off. Aww. I know, right?
1: Another setback and in a place where he seemed, I mean, I'm guessing a lot here, but uh, it seems like he must have been kind of happy.
2: Well, he was, He and yeah, I think he enjoyed it enough. Yeah,
1: and people liked him. And mm-hmm. so, okay, another blow to his career. Yeah,
2: so he's like, okay, well, that didn't work out. Um, So he decided to vote himself to painting because he loved to paint. He wrote to his brother, Theo, who I mentioned earlier. Theo not the art dealer by the way he's he never left like that oh
1: where he started the apprenticeship he's yeah still there. yeah okay. he's
2: like that's his job okay <laughs> uh, that makes sense because
1: that's usually what apprenticeships are for
2: sir sir so vincent writes to theo saying hey i want to become uh an artist like a proper artist theo is like heck yeah man go for it probably not zach wards but you know he was supportive <laughs> <laughs> uh so they has to deal out basically theo Because Vincent was low on funds and unemployed. So what Theo would do is he'd send him 50 francs a month to kind of live on. In return, Vincent would send his paintings to Theo so he can sell them in a gallery and as part of reimbursement for basically financing Vincent to live, (laughs) Theo would uh, be able to keep any of the profits made.
1: Oh, what a cool deal.
2: Right. It's like a win-win. Vincent gets to pay. Theo gets to support his brother and also make some dough.
1: Yeah. That sounds really Mm -hmm. like a real win-win, especially since Vincent doesn't seem to be the kind of materialistic person. He just wants to do. he gave his house up to some random person. So it's probably a perfect deal for him. He doesn't care about if it makes any money. Now,
2: I don't think a lot of Vincent's paintings sold. I don't know how much, like uh Theo kept his end of the bargain kept putting money to Vincent I don't know how much he got back at least at first but you know sounds it sounds
1: like he was a nice brother though
2: uh, yeah striking
1: I mean, that deal and continuing it even if he's not making any money
2: yeah well I mean you never know maybe like the the winds would sift and some people were like oh I like this guy I don't yeah, know yeah. buy his work I don't know because yeah, I think that happens sometimes something gets popular suddenly I don't know anyways so Vincent he's he did this several times during his life and it was not a good habit to get in but he started to um, skip meals because he wanted to have more time to get painting supplies.
1: He um, wanted more time to get painting supplies? Yeah, and to like oh. work on
2: his stuff. Oh. Um, so he started skipping meals. And keep in mind, he was depressed. Like we know, we know he was had depression at, at this point, mm. but he also, his middle issues kind of were like one of his personal demons. And it didn't help that he would lick his paint brushes sometimes uh, because they had, he used lead paint. And oh,
1: no. They didn't
2: know the danger of lead paint and how no. that messes with your head. No. Yeah. So here
1: he's already experiencing depression. Yeah. And he's literally ingesting lead.
2: Yeah, he uh, there's actually a, a quote by him which is basically like, if a voice in your head tells you you can't paint, then paint and it'll go away. That's not exact quote, but huh, you know, like he he worked through the press and like he. I don't want to again. I don't want to be too overly speculative or anything, but I think he. Had a bit of a handle on that, but it was like the other mental issues that mm. cropped up that mm-hmm. kind of. Me-
1: it d- that does repression. sound like a, something that somebody would say who ha- feels like they have some control over their thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. But then the lead on top of that—that's that's almost a more biological issue at that point or physiological. Mm-hmm. How do you overcome
2: something? Oh no. So like he. Fe- yeah, he fell in love with another woman. He does this a lot. He just falls in love with people. Uh, and passionate guy. Uh, yeah, I guess it was his recently widowed cousin named Krivos I believe that's her name. Mm. And I know that's a little weird. Back in the 1800s, cousins weren't considered siblings, or they weren't considered like an incestuous thing. Because um, uh, there was that level of removal, I guess. Right, right, but, a little
1: distance.
2: Um, Edgar Allan Poe also like married his cousin, though there's mm-hmm. debate as to how together were they and stuff. You know, one of those things that's, unusual and kind of odd nowadays yeah, and back then it was sure. more common
1: mm-hmm. anyways so he fell in love with his cousin who
2: and he proposed to her like pretty quickly
1: so he's in, impulsive maybe too. he's a bit impulsive <laughs> yeah because
2: yeah, this is the second time he's done yeah. this where he falls in love with someone and instantly proposes She left and moved in back to amsterdam with her parents because mm. he's like no mm-hmm. <laughs> vincent in a move that's probably not okay uh he followed her because he was like, I can convince her, you know, like, yeah, give me so a chance. a
1: little bit of stalking. A little, a little, a, yeah. What do they call it? A restraining order. She needed a yeah. restraining order maybe against him.
2: So this is in a perfectly sane accent. This is how, what he did. Because he was talking to her parents. Being like, no, give me a chance. I can prove it. He got an open flame, like a, like a lamp or whatever, a gas lamp. Uh-huh. And he stuck his hand over the open fire. And he was like, I'll stop talking oh when I, uh, the, the Pain bothers me. Wait like this is how. I'm, yeah, this is how <laughs> determined I am to take care of your your daughter. Oh my
1: daughter. gosh, he, he was really well intentioned, but his method was. They were horrified. Yeah. <laughs> like no,
2: get out! They blew out the flame. Get out of our house, you crazy person. Oh. Um. <laughs> uh, that, that didn't work so much. <laughs>
1: hmm, that's crushing. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was a bit like if this was a fairy tale maybe, but yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not like, in real life.
1: <laughs> a Disney movie. Yeah. Or something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> So he's like, okay, you know, he he let it go and he moved to the Hague, which is a pretty famous city. Uh, later on in history, it would become um, kind of an international like court justice thing. Okay. Um, but right now, it's in in the story. Not now, now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was the center of the Dutch art movement, which is why he went there. Oh, okay. Because he, I'm presuming, thought, oh hey, I want to be an artist. Here's the art place in my where country. I'll go. This is what That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Another woman, yeah, another one, he, in the Hague, he met a prostitute by name of, um, well, she was called C.N., like, as a shortened nickname. Her full name was Klasina Maria Hornick. Okay. Hornick. Anyways, let me tell you everything wrong with C.N. Oh, no. Um,
1: <laughs> well, besides the fact that she's a prostitute, that's yeah, already strike one.
2: Yeah, well, she was an expecting, alcoholic, single mother of a four-year-old girl suffering from syphilis
1: oh gosh
2: so a lot of things were on right there naturally vincent was like i I gotta help this lady yeah um so he took her in kind of like let her stay at his place he fell in love with her of course he did yeah um theo vincent's brother i don't think he knew quite what was going on but he offered for reasons i'm gonna get into in a bit but he Vincent basically wrote him saying hey I need some extra casts because he had extra mouths to feed uh-huh. and Theo Theo's like yeah okay so he gave him some extra casts then Vincent from CN got not only syphilis but also gonorrhea
1: oh gosh which
2: he got ended up hospitalized because of the pain oh my gosh this in turn caused Theo to find out about CN oh. <laughs> and he's like you got to you got to cut this off. You got to stop this or else I'm going to stop giving you money. Wow. Because he's clearly taking advantage of you one. Uh, and, and two, it's not healthy for you to be in this relationship. Also, I think it was scandalous as well, but yeah, I yeah. don't know.
1: It's almost like he didn't have the common sense to, to mm-hmm. know better. He couldn't mm-hmm. tease it all out.
2: I forgot. i I saw I this earlier, but um, models were kind of pricey at the time. Like Models for artwork. For art. Yeah. yeah. So um seeing models for, um, uh vincent a couple times okay and so you it was all one direction that's was, true but yeah. you can find like uh some of vincent's paintings of her interesting, it's just interesting. Yeah. yeah
1: so we know what she looks like that's really yeah. interesting um
2: i don't know if like the standards of beauty are different then or not but she doesn't she's not the the most attractive looking person <laughs> That's interesting. but that's just yeah, me that's, being uh, like subjective <laughs> yeah
1: and, and i think standards of beauty maybe they do change i'm not sure there might be some timeless yeah standards but you know and also just not not to um make her out to be the complete bad guy either in the situation just because a woman in the late 1800s who doesn't have a means for you know, no. somebody else to no. See, provide for her. She might have just been doing the best she could. Yeah.
2: So. Though after Vincent left, I think she did go back to prostitution, but that also could just be she what, didn't what have anywhere options. else to yeah. go. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's, uh, yeah that is a sad story all around That is,
1: yeah i think that that really could be i, mm-hmm. I can't i really i mean i have no personal experience obviously with this well, of but course. i can't imagine any woman choosing to mm-hmm. go into prostitution or maybe they do maybe the money's that good and that's just what they or, do but I don't back know. then it, it doesn't seem it seems like it would have been less of a choice and more of yeah. a last resort kind of thing i
2: i don't know enough to comment on that but it's um yeah, it's just uh, he um, it didn't work out. Yeah, basically. it didn't work out. And he, uh, like
1: him being him, it sounds like he, of course, is he wants to help the downtrodden and people yeah, who are helpless yeah. and uh, need he, money. He's just willing to help.
2: So at this point, he left the Hague because he's like, OK, Theo, I hear you. <laughs> Good job, I, I Theo. I need money. Uh, he left the Hague and actually went to spend time with Theo. Uh, Theo. At this point was in paris which was a, another kind of art center here's the thing and this might have been one of the reasons why vincent's paintings weren't selling as well in france or in paris i should say in the netherlands the prominent art style was i don't know the name of it but it was a bit more gloomy it hmm. was a bit darker it was like a lot of chiaroscuro, um Ooh. black white kind of that kind of art uh-huh. um like, not to the level of Goya, not to the level of Goya. I don't know if I don't think it was to that level of yeah. dark, but it was still like pretty gloomy. Uh-huh. In France, in Paris, in particular, the art style was more impressionistic. It was more very colorful and a lot of light, more colors, a lot of like, you know, kind of nature and stuff like that. Mm.
1: So, here, Vincent had been creating this art in the Netherlands, trying to sell it in Paris, where the, there's a conflict between. There was a bit of a dissonance between what was popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Theo had told Vincent, hey, you know, there's this other art style that's kind of booming here. I'm sorry he didn't use that language, (laughs) but whatever. And Vincent was intrigued. He's like, oh, okay. So when he visited Theo, Theo took him on kind of a tour of the art gallery and showed him all the artwork. Vincent did a 180. He loved it. He's like, Mm. this is beautiful. I can see why it's really popular. You know, I want to... I want that to be my style. It being more of a moneymaker might have helped. I don't know if he cares about that, though. Yeah. Um, just given everything else <laughs> yeah. that we learned about him. So he did that. Also, Theo introduced him to a group of um, of his friends that were very, uh, that were artists themselves or into art. Some of them are known to history, but I wasn't researching them. I was more focused on yeah, visits, yeah. So And of much like French dudes as well. So I don't, probably would have gotten their names <laughs> wrong anyways. A couple of them are, at least one of them is relevant to the story. We'll get to him. Now, a lot of artists and friends who are artists, you know, people who are in that trade would often model for themselves because getting a professional model, model was for each other. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's okay. what I meant. Getting a professional model was a bit expensive or cost right. some money. Yeah. And it'd be cheaper just to just be like, hey, can you stand here? Cool. Mm-hmm. Vincent has a lot of self portraits of himself. He didn't have anyone to model for him. So he used a mirror. Uh, I that, wonder if that was very common. I don't know. I maybe. I don't know. But what the um what happened was he did find a model in a local postman huh. by the name of uh, Joseph Rulin. Rowland, French guy. Um and basically this is this ram dude that was like hey you want a model for me sir uh and <laughs> so there's a some portraits of this dude uh, vincent made there um and he painted every day by the way like yeah, has so many of his so much of his work even with a lot of it lost we have a good number of it anyways they just sit there and they have long conversations about stuff i don't know if i'd call them friends necessarily mm-hmm. but they definitely tolerated each other. you know um, they they were okay. can you imagine
1: just being just a random joe and having your portrait done by somebody who ends up being
2: famous so famous yeah though of course that time no one knew who he Nobody, was yeah, yeah yeah in fact well i'm sorry you know this a lot of vincent's fame is posthumous i pronounce
1: that word posthumous
2: posthumous yeah. you know what i mean yeah after yeah. he passed away he yeah. got famous okay which sucks but at the same time he got famous It seems it's, to happen a lot doesn't it yeah uh, takes... emily dickinson was the same way yeah they didn't know she wrote and then when she passed they found like a chest in a room <laughs> full of just like poems and stuff they, like, oh okay so that's that's interesting i was gonna say that's fun but i don't know if it is Okay. It's notable. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of impressionists were um they uh they had a particular way of going about things. They only painted uh on very sunny, like nice looking days. They knew how to sell their artwork in a way that like kind of maximized profit so they can live off like a painting a month or whatever. Wow. Uh and the rest of the time just kind of chilling, waiting for like the right day or Sounds whatever, like the a perfect light. Yeah. yeah, basically uh, it's like a lot of free time. Yeah. Um Vincent, his work ethic, not saying theirs was bad, but his was crazy. He painted every day and it didn't matter the weather. If it was a gloomy, cloudy day, he'd paint that. If it was a windy day, he'd paint that. Um, He really,
1: that word passion comes to mind again and just mm -hmm. how passionate he was. Because I think when people have that kind of motivation to do something daily, it's almost uh, instinctive or impulsive that they just can't help but do it.
2: Yeah. uh, He actually, Theo actually had to apologize for Vincent on his sake, a couple times, because Vincent would get arguments, uh, with other people in that circle of friends with other pressionists, because he thought that they weren't as passionate uh, about it. So he would it. offend.
1: He would offend the other. Yeah,
2: because he's yeah, because here he is painting out there painting every yeah. day, and they're like, you know what I mean, yeah. and they're like painting like every once in a while, yeah. <laughs> you know, basically.
1: Oh gosh.
2: Um, uh, one of one of their friends though, a man named Paul Gaugen Gugan. Z A U G U I N. I don't know how you
1: I'm sorry, Jacob. I don't know. Either.
2: No, you don't know French names. Okay. He liked Vincent. He was a fan. He was like, yeah, you're a cool man. Uh, he's like, you need to tell off. But hey, I try some of this stuff. And he gave him some absinthe, which is uh, it's like a green colored drink. I don't entirely know what the contents are. but Oh, it, interesting. It, it I've never him, heard of absinthe. Yeah. It makes you hallucinate and stuff. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, right. Just that he needs to lick in the lead
1: paint and yeah, some hallucinogen.
2: Um, yeah, I don't know. It's something that you hear about more and older stories and stuff I don't know if what that means I, I don't know a lot about it but I know like the movie Mulan Rouge from like a decade ago uh-huh. two decades ago had that as like a plot point is it oh. is this and that's set in like the uh, 1910s or whatever okay so this is one of those scenes that's just like it was an old-timey drug basically yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> (laughs) That's probably been replaced by something better or worse, (laughs) depending on how you define that. Yeah, no, I
2: get you. I get you. But anyways, he introduced him to this, which didn't do wonders for his mental state. I doubt it was. I think it was from a place of like love, you know, because he's like, hey, try this out, man. But it didn't really work so well. Uh,
1: And what was the guy's first name again?
2: Paul. Paul. I'm just going to call him Paul. So Paul Paul
1: probably also partook of this particular I'm sure he did. Um. Which might have skewed him into thinking it was (laughs) was, Yeah.
2: So something that's kind of interesting, I learned this, I was surprised to learn this, about Vincent Van Gogh. He was interested in Zappney's art. I don't know how he came across this or what...
1: That does seem interesting. Like two different worlds. They're very of,
2: different, un, yeah. But
1: unexpected.
2: Yeah, he. I don't know. I don't know the genesis of this, but whatever reason, he was interested in the kinds of Japanese artwork, and he tried to dive more into it. Like he read a book or two on Buddhism or something. You know, try to figure out yeah. where the stuff, what the stuff was about. And he told one of his art, not Paul, it was like a different guy. He told one of his art friends that like, hey, I want to move to Japan to paint there. And they're like. Okay, uh, hold on. <laughs> They're like, uh, why don't you move to Arlie's, Uh as like a town in France? I'm uh-huh. probably mispronouncing it, whatever. I'm going to say with every non-English name, I'm probably mispronouncing right. it. Um, why don't you move to Arleys? I have heard that that countryside there is like the Japanese countryside. I don't know if it is or not, but yeah. whatever, Vincent moved there. He believed,
1: Vincent believed him, and yeah. that was something he could do rather than go to Japan, which at that time, gosh, it seems like that would have been a very unique experience <laughs> <Yes>. for anybody.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So he ended up moving to Arleys.
2: Yeah, it, it's spelled, in case you're curious, A-R-L-E-S.
1: So. I'm not going to try to fix it because I honestly- No, I, no I know no, you're not. I'm clue. just saying yeah. for the sake of the listener. There's, I'm sure that there's some people who know how that's pronounced. Yes, some and I'm sorry listener. for
2: butchering here. I don't understand your country. <laughs> it's a very beautiful country. I don't know how to say stuff. <laughs> Anyways, when he moved there, the, the locals, they considered him a bit of a loner, a bit of a weirdo because he didn't get, go out much. And mm. he didn't eat much. Mm. When he ate, it was like old bread and stuff, so, you know, like he wasn't.
1: It just wasn't a priority eating. It just wasn't. wasn't a priority no, it wasn't. For him. It was
2: something he had to do, not because he, I think, enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Or, I don't know, maybe he enjoyed it, but it wasn't like his, like, um, he was more interested in painting. So here he is, pretty isolated in an unfamiliar town.
1: He falls in love again.
2: No. Oh. He, <laughs> he, um, The absinthe combined with his own mental issues and him starting to eat paint, which, I mean, mental issues, I guess, really kind of made him a little loopy. Uh, mm. which had uh, interesting side effect of a lot of his paintings from this era of his life are very original they're not they moved a bit away from the impressionist what was the main thing at the time
1: yeah that seems like a, a logical consequence of yeah. the drugs and everything and the lead
2: Theo was like uh, I'm concerned so he sent he Theo sent,
1: the superhero steps in again yeah
2: he sent uh Paul who's their mutual friend he's like the same guy came absinthe, but yes. again I don't think that was negatively intended uh, he sent Paul to be basically babysit and and watch over theo and help him you know and um they were they got along well enough for the most part however vincent in a state of kind of madness threatened paul with a razor blade he Uh. snapped out of it before anything happened and he was horrified he like ran off
1: oh no paul
2: left he's like i'm out of here and they never talked again so they had a bit of a falling out unfortunately So following that incident, I don't know how long it was, probably not that long after, Vincent coughed his ear and gave it to a local prostitute. (laughs) <laughs> he's like here take care of this is important
1: oh my gosh what in the world do you know anything more about that no incident?
2: i don't know why he did that um i don't know if it was because he liked her i don't know if it was just because he was crazy oh, i don't know um, obviously
1: crazy but there must have been some reason in his mind he did that that's yeah i'm sure in his nuts. head it
2: made sense regardless she was hospitalized because of all the blood loss yeah, and stuff gosh. um Theo, Theo blamed himself because he was like, I said, I'm in there. I sort of helped him. So didn't he's get to such this a point. Good brother. He is. He really is. Oh, uh, he's
1: really looking out for him. He uh, must yeah. have known that <laughs> yeah. how much Vincent struggled with stuff.
2: Yeah. I think Theo also knew how talented Vincent was and didn't want like that talent to go to waste or mm. anything. Regardless, Theo visited Vincent in the hospital. The town's residents—they were like, "What the heck?" <laughs> because of this ear incident, that's yeah. very publicized. They worried that he was a threat to himself and others. Mm. But to be fair, he did start to gather the razor blade and cut his ear off. So maybe they're onto something. So, um, you
1: said it was publicized. Did it, did it go in the newspapers? Well, I don't stuff? know if it, it
2: went in the newspapers, but the town knew about okay, it. Okay. They, they were like, hmm.
1: Wouldn't it be weird to find a, a news article, though, uh, yeah. back from the time we <laughs> were talking about <laughs> this, this guy? Artist who cut his ear off. Yeah. Like, oh, hey. Well, whether it was word of mouth or otherwise. Hey, well, Regards, but- they
2: signed up for to get him and turned in an asylum. Okay. Well, it's fair enough. Asylums back then were pretty terrible, but at the same time, it's like.
1: What are you going to do? What are
2: you going to do? Now, Vincent. And we know this because he wrote to Theo about this. Told you know, wrote about this. He said uh, he's he was basically given up on being an artist. He's like it didn't work. It's not working. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, despair! Yeah, Theo paid for him to have an extra room, at an asylum as an art studio.
1: Wow, what a gesture! Because he
2: knew that that was what made his brother happy. Wow, get yourself a brother like Theo. Because <laughs> <laughs> <It's laughs> he's he's a real light
1: life saver life preserver yeah life.
2: he's a real yeah. nice guy yeah. um
1: definitely a solid support system
2: yeah so a lot of vince's paintings at of during his time in asylum this is where he painted starry night by the way oh no kidding from the window of his um room oh no kidding yeah a lot of his paintings were of the asylum garden you know a lot of plants a lot mm-hmm. of stuff like that because he was interested that his health started to improve. he's getting three meals a day he was off absinthe you know um good so he's he rejuvenating. was rejuvenating yeah yeah you yeah. Eventually he was declared well enough that he was like, okay, you can leave, you know.
1: Yay.
2: So he he went out of the asylum. Theo helped set him up in a new residence in a town of well, a friend's name, <laughs> Avery's something like that. Okay. I don't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm sure somebody somewhere is laughing. Right? Uh, yeah. But yeah, really, it's okay.
2: I'm fine with you laughing at me. I can't pronounce non-English stuff. That's on me. Anyways, it was a, a house, a building shared with a doctor and his family.
1: Hmm,
2: yeah, that was useful. Yeah, Theo, I think did it on purpose just in case. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, just in case
1: you have another incident. Yeah, makes a lot of sense.
2: Mm-hmm. And they actually got along. Like they, um, there wasn't any like crazy blowout or anything up until the end. July twenty seventh, eighteen ninety. He's thirty seven years old. We don't know exactly what happened. There's actually some controversy as to rather. As uh, to the exact circumstances of this, which I'll talk about briefly, but he had a relapse. We don't know where he got the gun, but he found a loaded gun, walked down to a field, a couple hours later, he returned with a gun saw wound in his chest.
1: Oh my gosh. Um
2: Theo arrived and when you
1: can I interrupt I'm sorry. Sir. When you say relapse, do you mean a relapse of depression, a relapse of drug use, or just
2: I so think it just, was just depression or slipped. something. Yeah, he yeah, slipped. Okay. Um he survived long enough for Theo to arrive oh. and he was there when he passed. There's some controversy over if it was a suicide or if, because there's some evidence of like he might've gone to a, an altercase and accidentally been sought and he <sighs> like lied to cover to help the, the other person. But we don't, we don't know is a thing. Or that's kind of like a debate. Yeah. But regardless of how it happened, he was a very kind man Mm -hmm. uh, despite everything and
1: he seems to have had an enormous heart for other Mm -hmm. people
2: when theo had his first kid back when vincent was still alive he named theo named his son after vincent oh and vincent was so touched he gave one of uh, vincent jr he gave him one of his paintings as like a birthday gift oh joanna who is the wife of theo in fact theo told vincent that I'm getting married. And Vincent was worried that Theo would stop focusing on him or Mm. caring about him. But if anything, Joanna was equally supportive of Mm. Vincent.
1: So Vincent really recognized how important Theo was to him.
2: Yeah. The reason why I'm bringing Joanna up is because after, because Theo died a a little ways after Vincent, but after he passed away, Joanna went and gathered all the the letters and paintings of Vincent's work. That's he could find everything they had. See Trout across the country getting paintings. Unfortunately, a lot of them were thrown out or destroyed
0: because people just
2: wear them off as like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, which I mean, he kind of was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of it. But, uh, see, um, A lot of reasons why we know this guy exists and a lot of reasons why he became famous after his death is he presented all this stuff to people. Wow. And he got more of a name for himself afterwards.
1: That's fascinating. And
2: nowadays he's considered one of the greatest artists of all time, or at least in like the Western world, which he had no idea about.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And all the personal struggles and everything that went into it. And he just kept painting. Mm -hmm. That's amazing.
2: So, yeah, I wanted to um, I want to talk about this guy because, one, I thought it was very touching. I thought it was a very interesting story that I don't know how many people know about.
1: Yeah, really. I wonder how many people know more, you know I mean?
2: The ear thing is pretty Yeah, infamous. the ear thing is pretty yeah.
1: infamous. But how many people really know the person behind all that?
2: Yeah. I don't know. He's one of my favorite artists, both because I really like his art. Like, it looks mm-hmm. really nice, but also because of the personality and character behind him. Yeah, that
1: him. he was. What do you think? Which of those two things makes you like him more, who he was or the art that he produced?
2: I don't know. It's hard to say. It's like, do I like Souther Daly because of his surreal painting or do <laughs> I like him because he's a, a, a Tinson hog and yeah. a bit of a nutter?
1: Yeah, I guess that's hard to separate sometimes. Uh, but yeah. I just know about you is that you really, you like underdogs or people who are not quite fit the mold, whatever the mold is. Yeah, and
2: I also I, like weird stuff too. Yeah, that's so. true. Yes, yeah, so so it's Finn outside peaks, of I the norm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, so the fascinating story about Vintim mango that yeah. was really cool to hear
2: do you have any questions or comments no i think
1: or? uh yeah, i'm just kind of thinking about what you've what you've said and um uh, let, letting it sink in a little bit so i don't know that i have any other questions that's fair
2: well i hope our uh, our audience enjoyed it i i hope so too <laughs> I, hope I, you, I certainly
1: uh, did I, I enjoyed learning more about it and i feel richer because of it so mm-hmm.
2: well that's one of the reasons why i wanted to um have the uh history podcast because <laughs> i thought hey this stuff's interesting i think it could be potentially relevant and not everyone knows about it, so yeah. there we go. Bada 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 bada. So what's happening next time? Next time, it's another person. I know, I know. Don't <laughs> worry. Next, the time after next won't be. It's um, you, you. I, I'm pretty reasonably sure you've heard of this guy. Okay, the world's most famous mime,
1: Marcel. Marcel.
2: Yes, yeah. we're talking about him. I uh, was reading up on him. I thought, oh, he looks interesting. Cool. So we're gonna do an episode on it. That's excellent
1: because <laughs> um, like Van Gogh. The only thing I really know about Marcel Marceau is that he was a mime and probably (laughs) the mime, like the first famous mime, maybe, and that he wears black and white. And that's what I know about Marcel. So we have a lot to learn. next time. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm eager to dive into it, but we'll do that next time. Right on. Thank you, listeners. Bye.
0: Confucius once said, study the past if you would define the future. You've been listening to the History Slices Podcast with Jacob and Rachel. We hope you've gotten some useful information from the show. We hope we made you think, and we hope you were entertained. We know we had fun, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook at History Slices and on Instagram at History Slices Podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show, and tell a friend about the show. That'll help us out, too. One more quote before we go from Michael Crichton. If you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know it's part of a tree. Till next time, this is History Slices, signing off.